The Dallas Mavericks season may be over, but the exit interviews have just begun. And then they ended. <laughs> Always fun. We get to hear from Donnie, from Rick, KP, Luca, and a lot more. A lot on the Luca and KP connection. We'll talk about it on Lockdown Mavs right now. I'm Luca Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Plan on doing something. Uh, I can't not be in the gym. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host contributor at Mavs.com. The exit interview in insect. The one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Where are you going with this word? I was here? going to the wrong place there for a second. <laughs> oh, Insistent informant, the exit interview informant. That's better. I always go. think of a better word right afterwards. <laughs> I, I think back to our exit interview days, to where this day normally uh, takes place in the old practice facility uh, mm-hmm. down downstairs at American Airlines Center, and it literally it's an all day thing. And yeah, we just, it takes forever. We just stand down there in the middle of the court. Of all these different mics uh, from different TV stations, and one by one, players would walk down uh, the staircase. But this year, it's obviously on Zoom. Last year, we didn't even have exit interviews coming out of the bubble, which totally understand. So I was, I, I, I like exit interviews. I like seeing. It's kind of like putting the bow on the season, seeing how the players feel. It's normally the day after the season ended, which in ca- this was the case here. Yep. The players not only talk to the media, but they have their exit interviews with. The coaching staff, like with the front office, they sat down individually with Rick and Donnie and Michael Finley. They each did today. And then they take questions from us and then bam, they go their separate ways to whatever islands or countries or whatever they want to go to. But it, it was it was fun. I like I like hearing from them on a day like today. We have lots of audio to share with you. The biggest and best quotes that we thought stood out the most, including what Luca thinks about his extension, Rick Carlisle talking about Luca and KP, Donnie Nelson talking about roster building, and then all kinds of different comments like that. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game at only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. All right, Isaac Harris, let's start with some of our first uh, comments here. We have... uh, the biggest one, I think, at least for me, this is the biggest one for me, was uh, a question that was asked of Luka Doncic about his extension. He's got a big extension coming up. Could be one of the biggest in NBA history for a rookie. Let, uh, yeah. Can 200 we the, million. <laughs> let's set the stage for this just for a second because no no rookie has ever declined this extension. Okay, A like, max extension at the end of your rookie contract. No rookie has yeah. ever turned that down. Or no you know, young players ever turned that down. This is this is what you know. This is what the NBA kind of set in place to help small markets, you know, to keep these guys when they when they draft them, the Giannis's of the world, the Lucas of the world. That they kind of put this in place where only the home team can give this huge, huge extension. Now, when you have a player like Luca, there there's going to be some dialogue on. Oh, well, is he is he going to be the first one? Is he going to be the who's first gonna be the one? one? Yeah, who's it? Who's it going to be at some point in history? So over the past like 24 hours, ever since they lost, you've seen the dialogue happen a little bit among national media. Some fans of like, man, we got to figure out, is he going to take it? It's coming up this, you know, this year. 
And Luca got asked directly about that today. Luca, you'll be eligible, assuming the All NBA thing works out. You'll be eligible for the rookie supermax extension. Is, is that something you intend on signing? Does that go without saying? Uh, I think you know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Dealer's I'm, choice, Skyler. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I think you know the answer. <laughs> That was so funny, the way he answered that. If you're listening on the podcast and not watching on YouTube, we played the actual clip of his face. But just the way he smiles, that Luca smile, like he's still kind of a kid, right? I mean, there's so many childlike aspects of him. Uh, and I'm not saying that to put him down or anything. You know, I'm, I people would say I'm a childlike person. But there's just so many different things where you're just, he's just kind of like a bashful, like, Aw, guys, like, really? We're, we're talking about this? And it was just really interesting. And it kind of put to bed for me. I did kind of think, could he be the first one? There's so many different things about Luca that you could say, okay, well, he likes the spotlight. He is a guy that is not dependent on this money necessarily. He's going to get it from somewhere. He's not, you know, going to – he's he can tear his ACL and he'll still get this max deal, right? That's not even a question for him. He's that good. And so could he be that first one to turn it down map situation with KP? Does he like Rick Carlisle? You know, all that kind of stuff kind of played into it and made me think he might be. And then, of course, everybody with the free Luca hashtag, like just <laughs> kind of gets in your head. But I think it sounds like he's going to pick it up. It sounds like he's going to take the extension. And it's probably really hard to turn down a $200 million extension, yeah. especially with a team that you've known, you, you know, by and large likes the organization likes the the area that he lives and likes the setup he has right now it's familiar to him he's settling in uh he was he was on real madrid for like a long time since he was 13 right like 13 to what 20 that's seven years so he's a guy that stays in one spot it seems like uh you know european listeners correct me if i'm wrong there but yeah so I, i think that that was really interesting and i just found that quote in general and just the way he answered it one of the biggest things from exit interviews today Oh, yeah. I think as a Mavs fan, you're walking away saying, okay, despite any other comments that you might have felt uncomfortable with uh, from whoever on uh, you know, on the exit interview day, that brings a lot of joy because it's like what Nick said that, you know, I think majority of us, it's like 95%. You're like, there's no way it's going to turn out. 200 million is a lot of money. Yeah. But what, there's a lot of stuff that Nick said in that of, if you try to create the definition of the first player to turn that extension down, yeah, reverse Luka, engineer it, yeah. yeah Luca might uh, might fit that definition as far as the star play, like a Hall of Fame top ten all time type of player. Everything you know that that Nick mentioned. So I was very confident that he would take it, but there was still a slight percentage of me that was like, you know what, like I I don't want to fully shut that door. I, I shut the door today of hearing Lucas say that and that was very and how he said it watch on YouTube if you're listening to uh, you know to uh, the podcast form of that it's just it's really funny how Luca answered that it's also worth it to go back and watch that clip so I would recommend going to our YouTube channel we're so close we're like a hundred subs away from 4,000 so if anybody if anybody has been holding out they're like I want to wait to be like the 4,000th sub you could be so go go check it out and go subscribe to the podcast um all right, let's uh, let's do a quick break here, and then coming up, we'll talk about Donnie Nelson with the roster building comments. There's a lot of interesting comments from Donnie, and then a whole bunch of stuff about KP and Luca from Donnie Nelson, the GM, President of Basketball Operations for the Dallas Mavericks, Rick Carlisle, obviously the head coach, and Luca himself. So we'll get into that coming up, but let's talk about Credit Karma. 
Credit Karma has always been there to help make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more with the Credit Karma Money Spend account. You can be rewarded for good money habits. Sometimes I have these good money habits, and I'm like, okay, I'm saving, I'm doing good things, but I don't get rewarded for it. It's the, it's the it, not the instant gratification that you want necessarily, but Credit Karma can bring that for you. When you use Credit Karma Money Debit, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. So if you are a, kind of a gambler, if you want to do that, you could go and use this card and maybe it'll super pay off for you. Credit Karma has always given, is, is already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma, sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase required. Exclusions and terms apply. See, see rules. Banking services provided by MVM Bank. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Also, want to tell you about rockauto.com. With so many makes and models of cars right now and so many different places you could go. There's all kinds of brick and mortar stores that you could go to. And... They have a bunch of different parts, but do they have the exact part that you need? Well, Rock Auto has it. They have. They absolutely will have the part that you need, so go check it out. They have engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always, always, always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. They don't have tiers and all that. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. And there, how did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's hear from Donnie Nelson. He talked about um, roster building, what the roster looks like right now, if they want to make some big changes. And uh, this is his answer to that, and we'll respond to it. Is there anything you want to say before we get started? Uh, fire. Okay, we're going to... Fire away, um, and we will start with Skyler. Good day, Donnie. Thanks for the time. My pleasure, Skyler. Uh, Rick said yesterday the, the building around Luca continues now. Uh, where does that building start, do you think? Yeah, as you guys know, we'll uh, be aggressive in the offseason. Um, it's, uh, it's a big summer for us. We're um, looking forward to, um, you know, putting the, the other building blocks in place. We look internally first, as we always do. And um, we like a lot of the things that we've, uh, we've seen. Uh, we think as a young team, we've kind of uh, taken the, the next step. Obviously, um, we ran into a little bit of a veteran a buzzsaw, you know, some of, some of um, guys that we were you know, slapping up against, took it to a different level. And, um, but, you know, as we you know, try to, you know, figure out, you know, uh, again, the, the pieces to augment, uh, our situation, we'll, um, you know, meet with, uh, Rick, Mark, obviously the staff for the next, um, couple of days and, um, hit the ground running in Chicago. Isaac Harris, that does not sound like a man that is as disappointed as some fans in, in what the roster did. What'd you make of Donnie Nelson's comments like that? <laughs> I was I was just enjoying the back and forth of the videos right here. Um gosh, there's well one there's a lot to say uh to that as far as um the buzzsaw comment of facing the Clippers. 
I think that which was well, we just ran into a buzzsaw of a team, and which is kind of true. Like we talked about that and kind of qualified this season as they play the Clippers. They have title. They have title contender status. They yeah. should be a one or two seed. They ended up being four because they rested all these guys and some guys were injured and all that. But this team is like this team should be one of the top two teams in the West. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's something just to hear um, just his mindset on that of, you know, are they viewing the Clippers series two years in a row of losing to those guys as, man, we just kind of got unlucky. We played the Clippers. And so let's still like evaluate our team against a a different opponent. Um, I could see that angle to it. But I thought at the beginning there was, you know, he said, we're still looking, you know, we're looking for those those building blocks and. You know, I think you can take that in a couple different ways of, okay, well, do you think you have any building blocks right now? <laughs> but then or- he, he talks about, uh, we like a lot of the young pieces we have uh, that fit together. And of course, we've got to add to that. That was kind of another question. And that was kind of another answer I think he says later, but it goes along with this. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing right now. They're just f- trying to figure out who fits alongside Luca, who's the building blocks and do they have any of these? When I say building blocks, I think of like, who's the cornerstone blocks that go next to Luca. And we hear them, you know, we've heard in the past, the, the big three type of model. We've heard them reference back. What was it? Um, was it Harrison Barnes, Dirk? Yes. Yes. And, Dirk Finley and Nash was the, yeah. was the three. Yeah. So they kind of talked about, you know, they made that, you know, kind of uh, reference, before and even today he was talking about you know offseason additions and we might get to this quote in a little bit when he's saying if if it's a top three player on the roster for sure like if it's somebody we can add and they're a top three player on the roster then it's a no-brainer we do it so it's like you kind of get a little glimpse into the mindset of okay who's our big three who's our best three players and (laughs) do they have do they feel like they have two and three right now on the roster that's what we've yet to see and we've talked about that a lot. We, we think that this roster, the biggest problem for this roster, besides the individual like secondary creator, rim protector, like all that, the biggest problem with the roster is everybody's miscast because they're all yes. pushed up. To, yeah. They're all pushed up a number, right? They should Their hierarchy should be Luka, someone else. It should be KP, but he has now fallen down to like, he should be the Bosch, right? Like he should be the Bosch on, this, on a team with, with Luka and another star. And that, so- That could be pushing it. But then, but then now there's there's other role players that fall down underneath it. Then it pushes Tim Hardaway to like a fourth or fifth guy. If Tim Hardaway is your fourth guy and you get two guaranteed like hundred percent offensive players, then all of a sudden Tim Hardaway Jr. is fifty percent where he like brings it fifty percent of the time. And the other fifty percent of the time, it's like what happened in Game Seven, uh, that or what happened in you know what was a Game Game Five or Six or f- Game Four or Six that they lost and he just didn't really do anything. Like, yeah. Then you can swallow those, and, and you can you can be okay with that. Like you can swallow a, a performance like that a little bit more because well, he have, could be even a three. I think depending on how good number two is. Like well, if yeah, you have it a just really, depends really on the good night. number two. Yeah, and it's like a clear cut duo. Like you look at LeBron and AD. Like yeah. they could they could survive with a Tim Hardaway as their number three. But if, if they're if, if they're on the court, <laughs> if they're on the court, but like that's a that's the type of thing we've always said on this podcast. Like that's why you don't see you're not going to see me just go after Dorian or Maxi or Bronson no. or all these guys. No. Like I'm, we're just not going to do that because I I st- I am still a believer in those guys as role players on a really good team. I think yeah. they can be. It's just they're they're being elevated on this roster because the biggest problem, like Nick said that we've been saying is spot two and three on this roster. They have to figure out those two spots. 
and leave the other guys down for three through eight. Like that's and, that's the type of thing. Which made the KP and Josh Richardson experiments like when those kind of failed, right? The Richardson one definitely failed. The KP one, yeah. pretty mu- pretty much has failed because he's not living up to the expectations and the contract and all that. Those when those two failed, those guys should be two and three, right? So now all of yeah. a sudden you're like, man, those guys moved down to, I don't know, depends like four, five, six. Richardson was like eight, at, Fair, nine yeah. at some points. He was just not even playing. So, and we uh, have yeah. to say this. We'll just go ahead and say this about Richardson. Yeah, uh, he was one of the few players who did not talk today. He did not yeah. talk to the media. No exit interview for Josh Richardson today. No Josh Richardson. No Trey Burke. No Willie Colley Stein. Those are the three notable players that did not show up to exit interviews. Uh, take that as you will. Chris Alsporzingis in the past against the you know when he was with the Knicks, he opted out of an exit interview. But that, I think that was with the team. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, I think Rick Carlisle did say they talked to every player on the roster. Yeah. So uh, the, the the coaching staff in the front office, they sit down. They do their internal exit interviews. That's what Christoph Porzingis skipped when he was with the Knicks. That was why that was a big deal because it was an internal one. This was just media interviews with, that, with, yeah, with players. So a lot of times free agents will not come like <laughs> they will not show up to these exit interviews. So, all right, I want to dive into KP and Luca because there's a lot of comments about KP and Luca. Uh, but I'll give you your choice. Who do you want to start with? Donnie Nelson, Rick Carlisle, or Luca himself? Um, let's hear Luca's. This is Luka Doncic talking about the connection with him and KP, and if that connection can, uh, you know, be fixed, or if that connection can be what they think it can be, and all that. I mean, he's great. You know, uh, he's a great player. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do next year with the whole roster. You know, I think we have some couple free agents. You know. In NBA, uh, every year you have new teammates, so I don't know what's going to happen, but he's a great player. I think we got to use him more, and that's it. Okay, a couple things there. First one, I thought it was hilarious. He said, in NBA, every year you have new teammates. (laughs) It's very true, (laughs) especially recently with the change in the CBA and all that, shorter contracts for NBA players and all that. Uh, I thought that that was a really funny comment from him. And if you're not watching on YouTube, he – uh, he kind of made a face like it was sort of a joke. Like, hey, every year you have new teammates. You never know what you're going to get yourself into. So, But then that last comment, we have to use him more. What did you take from that? Oh, I just think that's just him being nice and polite. Because he was pretty uh, complimentary of KP in that answer. Yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> he was. It's it's One, it's hard to read anything with Luca on like how he says anything. Because one, he hasn't been in the league a ton. And then two, you know, English is not his first language either. And so on three, he's been, in the, he's been in the spotlight for so long. He's media trained to the point where he doesn't give answers to anything that aren't like the right answer. Exactly. But I could see where some people could see that answer. Or somebody's listening to that answer right now saying, okay, he was just asked about him and the KP's chemistry and his first like head space went to, well, we don't know what the roster is going to look like next year. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, yeah, that was the third thing I was going to bring. Uh, but, but no, I mean, I think one of the overarching things today was just there was a professionalism um, across the board from KP and Luca and Rick and everybody just about the their tandem together. So. Yeah, they're playing it like you know that business as usual. Now it may not be. We that's may that's see- the route you got to take, right? Like, yeah, that's the route you would take, and I like you do that route no matter what you have planned. If there's other plans out there, or no matter if it is like burning in flames right now, you take this route. You don't want to do anything else as far as in the in the public eye. 
Because think about it this way, and I know fans are like, well, they got to get KP out of there. I mean, it's just it's just a toxic situation, and then he's, you know, $30 million, and he's not doing anything, scoring nine points a game and all that in the playoffs, and he's not playing good defense, all that kind of stuff. I understand that. But think about it from the, – the, the Mavs have to play a game. They play the game of basketball, but then they also play the game of roster building, and it's one of the games that we love – Sometimes I love it more than the actual game yeah. itself, just the moving of pieces, the trades, the different things that happen. But now there's been a new element of this game that's been added recently, and that is what position is your team in, what leverage do they have, and how do they look, and how does the situation look to the outside? And this is done through, you'll see lots of different things. Shams, every single time, Shams tweets about maybe anything. Kim there is There is some angle that he is getting fed from some team that wants something from him to, you know, to prove that this is this, you know, like he tweets about these guys that get bought out. Yeah. Austin rivers is blah, blah, blah. And he goes and he done this and OJ Mayo is ready to come back. You know what I mean? Like he just tweets that for the agent to give him a little bit of a boost to give that player publicity, but they also do it on the team side too. Yeah. If, if Donnie and Kate and Donnie and Luca and Rick all came out and were like, KP needs to go, you know, then all of a sudden the story the next day is, the Mavs are in shambles. KP is definitely yeah. going to be traded 100%. And then what happens to KP's trade value? Now, it may not be high right now. It's probably not very high right now. But all of a sudden, that plummets because it, it makes the Mavs look desperate, makes it look like they're absolutely trading him no matter what, which takes the leverage out of it a little bit. Now, the Mavericks aren't doing that. So then they can go into a trading negotiation and say, do you want KP? And if somebody says, yeah, take him for this garbage, or take him for nothing. We'll just take him for you know this this terrible contract we have. The Mavs can back out of that and be like, no, we're I can't not even say campaign anymore. We're not we're, <laughs> we're not we're not trading him. So I think it's a little bit of a leverage situation for sure, and that's why they played a professional. Yeah. All that uh, coming up. Let's get into some more of this. We have Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson talking about the KP connection. And uh, we'll get into that coming up. But before we do, we've got to talk about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to put some money down on sports. You can go. There's still NBA games. Newsflash. NBA is still going on. I know there was a couple of people tweeting. Uh, Johnny and, and Doyle were tweeting up about not watching the second round after the Mavs, get, the Mavs get eliminated. That's like a thing that they do every year, and then they just come back for the conference finals. But if you're still a person that watches like I do, like Isaac probably does, uh, there's a bunch of different odds that you can take. Here's one right now. The Hawks are not favored in their series. The Sixers are still the favorite in their series, minus 130 for the series. That one's a pretty interesting one. If you really believe in the Hawks and believe what they did in game one, that one could be an interesting one. Uh, and then the Jazz are a one, minus 132 favorite over the Clippers. That one's pretty interesting too. If you go to the individual wow. games, they have those. Uh, you can check those out. The Jazz are a three-and-a-half-point favorite in game one over the Clippers. Sixers are a five-point favorite in game two. Go check it out, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's keep hearing about the Luka and KP connection. This is Rick Carlisle when asked about it. Uh, number one, KP's health is the, is the biggest thing. And as I said yesterday, I... I really felt as this series ended that his legs were as strong as we'd seen them. Um, his movement patterns were as positive as we'd seen them. His defense uh, in those three games was um, the best that we'd seen. And, you know, what we're getting into um, 
in the evol in the evolution of today's NBA, we're getting into, you know, a, a different um, style of defense. It's not like you can just put your seven foot three guy on the five man and play drop coverage and let him protect the rim. You know, now now teams are putting, you know, five skill players out there that can stretch the floor, and you know, in the first few games they they were. Um, Bringing, bringing his guy up and, and lining him up and, 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 and trying to attack him downhill. Um, he adjusted well as the series went on. And, and as, I, as I mentioned, in the last three games, um, did, a, did a really solid job with it. And so I think he's realizing that, you know, the job description um, defensively is, is changing. And... Uh, you know, he acknowledged that in our meeting. I don't know if he talked to you guys about that or any of the, any of the other things that we spoke about, but um, that's another reality. Uh, he's a very unique player. And, you know, uh, I just think that there are, there are so many things that he can do at 7-3 that, that, you know, very few guys in the history of the game that I've ever seen can do. we got to keep studying our offense um, and ways to bring more of those positive things out. But truthfully, you know, the defensive end um, is a big key. And, and, and really, the other, the other part of this, if you look at stretches of games, uh, parts of last season and this season, when Luke and KP had played together and had a chance to get a rhythm over a period of time, they've always cycled up um, in a very positive way. And so, you know, as we enter the summer and, you know, look forward to a productive summer for all our guys, and, you know, training camp, which will be here before we know it, um, you know, a fresh start, good health um, are very important things. A lot there. He took, a, he took most of that time to talk about KP and defense and what KP has to learn. What did you take from Carlisle talking about KP basically the whole time? Yeah, he had one little one little sentence in there of saying we got to study all the offense to see how we can like maximize him, and that he like kind of like tucked that in there in the middle yeah. of all of it. But I thought it was I thought it was a, an amazing answer to hear that, and an honest answer, and one that KP even acknowledged in his media session that yeah. his role his like the NBA has changed so much that like the definition of his position is still changing and that he has to adjust. And he said, he's like, I have to adapt. And to hear him say it, to hear Rick say it defensively, it just confirmed anything we've been saying on this podcast. A lot of people have been saying like, man, he's just really struggling defensively. He's just, he's been kind of behind as far as adapting to that. And a lot of that has to do with health. And one of the overarching things, you know, finishing the season post game against after the game seven loss. And even today at media or exit interviews was, KP's healthy right now. He finished the season healthy, and that is yeah, huge. huge. And Nick's been talking about that a ton on this podcast, saying, "Well, this is the first like healthy off season he's going to have in, in so long." So that's the that's and, the thing. Probably three full calendar years because of the COVID stoppage, right? Like this yeah, is the first time in three years. He, yeah. First time in three years he's going to be fully healthy going into off season. Yeah, so I thought that was a, a really in depth answer from Rick and an honest answer about how KP's got to get better defensively. Did it make you feel better or worse when he said his legs were the strongest we've seen it during that Clipper series? Because yeah. I was like, uh, if that's the strongest we're going to see it. 
Uh, so what else has to change then? Is it all about health, or was he healthiest during the Clippers series, or there's something? I don't know. Uh, also, listening to KP today, I'm going to get killed for this. I know it, but I just thought it, and I couldn't not share it. When he says, the way that I move, it sounds just like Dirk to me. I don't know if there's something about the way he says that word move, but it, it, the way he talks sometimes and the, the the pacing in which he talks sounds like Dirk to me. I it yeah, that's just me. Maybe the maybe you're similar defensively. <laughs> Old Dirk and young KP. Uh, let's hear Donnie Nelson about Luca and KP. Hey, it's back. You know, great great question, Brad. I mean, you know, if you look at Luca and just the amazing year he had, and um, you know, here's a guy that thinks that. Um, you know, he can win every possession of every uh, every, every game. I mean, and um, his numbers are unique. Um, I think part of his maturity is, again, knowing, um, you know, knowing how to balance, you know, those all those kill shots, you know, with, um, you know, involving teammates, you know, at the right time. That's just part of the maturity process. And I think, um, as we move forward that you'll see, I think more of an inclusive effort, um, overall on those fronts. I do know that, um, their, you know, supposed riff tiff, whatever you want to call it is way overblown. Both those guys want to, uh, win. Um, and I think uh, as, you know, time goes by that it's not just KP, but it's, you know, Timmy, it's other players. I think you'll see a settling down and a balancing of um, uh, Luca's repertoire. And I think not only, you know, obviously can he put up, you know, big numbers, um, but I think you'll see those assists start popping up uh, as well and, you know, involving more and more of his teammates. That's just part of in my opinion, um, you know, a young 22-year-old superstar um, learning how to win and using all of the chess pieces on the table. Um, I think that's just part of his maturity process. All right. So we just heard from Rick Carlisle before about Luke and KP connection. He spent most of the time talking about KP. Donnie Nelson took it a different direction. <laughs> he decided to spend 95% of that answer, two-minute clip, Talking about Luca and what Luca has to do to change his game and the, the trajectory of his game and the direction of his game to get KP more involved. I, I think we're both going to go in on this clip a little bit in this answer, but I don't think that's it, man. Like, I don't think I don't think that's the I don't think that's the answer to go at Luca for uh, to get KP more involved. KP was not aggressive kp was not playing defense kp was not rebounding offensive rebounding anything he was finally figuring out cutting like at the at the end of that at the end of the uh the, the series but to talk about luca that much to say oh it's just on him to try and figure out this i think is giving kp a little bit of a of a pass now maybe again it goes back to the game like does that go back to the whole game of reporters and all that possibly but yeah i just didn't think that answer was to go out to and it is true that Luca does have to, to a degree, he's going to learn more. He's going to learn more about his teammates and things, but like, he's one of the best playmakers in the league already, right? Like what else is he supposed to do? 
Yeah, man, this this quote was fascinating. Um, I spent this evening after media, after these ex interviews talking to other media people. I'm like, did y'all get the same vibe that I did off that last quote? It was the very last quote of Donnie. And I was honestly just surprised. I, I was surprised he took it that angle. Um, I was do you surprised. Think, do you think Rick and him drew straws afterwards? Like, all right, they're going to ask us about Luca and KP. Which one do you want to take? And it was like the popsicles and one popsicle sticks and one has Luca's name, one has KP, and they just drew. Well, it was just the fact that here's one thing: if he if he was asked, "Hey, what's the next step for Luca?" or like, "How can right. Luca grow as a player, teammate, blah blah blah," and this was his answer, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But he answered it that direction in the the response to the KP Luca question. And that was, that's what was fascinating. And it just surprised me. It shocked me that he answered in that way. Not saying that I fully dis like a fully disagree because I'm not, if I'm, if I'm another guy in the league that likes the ball in my hands, I'm not saying that it's perfectly ideal looking at Luca having the ball all the time and the usage and everything and saying, man, that's a perfect situation. I, I would get the ball. All the time. Like I get how it might not be appealing Maybe that was the play Donnie was making. Maybe it was like a galaxy brain thing of like, hey, guys out there, this is he's what Luke is going to This is what Luke is going to get better at and he's going to work on. So don't worry. You'll get the ball too. It was just that that publicly in that moment to take that angle was, uh, was a decision uh, for sure. And uh, I, I thought that was very – I don't – like of all the things on this roster and – yeah, the makeup of this team and Luca and KP and their chemistry and them working together on a basketball court. I would not say uh, that that is at the forefront of my mind that it's on Luca to get to get him uh, <laughs> more involved and that Luca's taking the kill shots. Whatever. And it's like, man, I, I think there's a balance of like how much of that does Luca feel like he has to do it because of the the talent around him versus luca just wanting to do it all the time because it's fun and it's just because of who he is i think it's safe to say there's probably a little bit of both he probably does like it some but he probably does want moments too the where he can say go do this like let me give you the ball and i can trust that there's gonna be a basket and like it's not gonna be some like dumb looking play or whatever it is so i i did find that that was the most fascinating quote from today and i was just i texted nick right after it, it happened i'm like whoa like that was uh that he went there in that direction and i think it was what kind of what nick said too i i think this was i think this was more of a donnie taking the approach of him wanting to kind of still bring confidence to kp that we all know that this was like tim mcmahon wrote about in his espn story about you know he had the quote in there about kp feeling like he was an afterthought instead of a co-star next to luca that was a great piece go read that but that gives you a little bit of mindset of like where kp was at this year too of just watching luca do all of this and donnie speaking into that today and that answer gives you a little bit more insight and confirmation really that that's really what was going on like with their chemistry that kp was just one he's tired of watching luca shoot the ball but bro you you got to prove that you're good enough for Luca not to have to shoot the ball all the time. That's the thing. Think about the players with the highest usage rate of all time, right? Like look at some of these guys with the highest usage rate of all time. Westbrook in OKC in 16 and 17. Like I, who did he have with him playing with him, right? Like who was, Adams. who was playing with him that year? James Harden, 2018, 19. That was before Chris Paul, right? Or was that the year? Was that the Chris Paul year? Uh, that one incredibly high. Kobe Bryant in 0506. Kobe Bryant in 0506 played with Kwame Brown and Chris Mims starting in the front court and Smush Parker in the back court with him. 
That's why he had the highest. Uh, then you have Michael Jordan, early Chicago days. Another Russell Westbrook one. That one, I think, was with KD, which is interesting. Giannis, Allen Iverson, Luka last year, DeMarcus Cousins on the on the Kings. Like, look, Think about some of these guys and the, the rosters that were around them. The reason why their usage rate is so high is because they don't have anybody else to share the ball with that will step up and yeah. be that guy. And so Luka with KP, KP has not proven himself to be that guy to step up to be that second or even like a one B right. He's, he's very clearly a two and then probably even farther down. So yeah, to get Luca's usage rate down, there has to be somebody he can trust on offense to get a shot on his own. Cause if he doesn't get a shot on his own, the other thing is Luca's usage is still going to go up because he's going to get the assist. And that, uh, that attributes to usage rate too, right? Like yeah. then all of a sudden Luca's still doing more and he's still setting KP up in that way. So he has to get his own for, for that usage to go down and for Luca to stop handling the ball so much. Uh, the star player has to be able to make their own shot, and KP can't do that at the moment. Yeah, and it's like you, yeah. I know Luca's at a different spot now than when we would watch him uh, and see all these clips of him, you know, playing on the national team. And hey, you know, Rick Carlisle said today that Rick and Donnie and you know Casey Smith, they're all going to go to Sylvania's national team like training camp. You know, coming up. Yeah, Olympic qualifier coming up pretty soon. They want to study and see how things are ran and stuff over there. Heck, they might go over there just to see Luca play off the ball with Goran Dragic. <laughs> like, I'm assuming Dragic is going to play. And it's like, that's one of the times we've seen Luca play with another ball handler, play with somebody he trusts, play with a guy that can create his own shot and everything. It's like, okay, this could be the mold of it. We've seen Luca be willing to do it before. I don't, and that's the thing. I don't think it's a will, it's a Luca unwilling type of thing. Luca played the, off the ball a lot this year. Yeah, the danger of it is if you don't bring that talent, then he starts to get the James Harden reputation that he doesn't want to do it. And you look at that list that Nick just had on the screen. There's three players on that list that's been on that's in the top 15 two times, at least two times: Westbrook, Harden, and Luca. And it's like Harden and Westbrook have this reputation in the league, right? That they're the ball hogs. They got to have the you know, ball the whole time and like all this different stuff. And Luca's going to be in that camp if they don't get somebody else, you know, that he can willingly share the ball with that's good enough to say, all right, we're going to, you know, I'm going to go get another bucket for him. And so that's, that's their number one thing. We've been saying it. It's a broken record for us. We've been saying it forever that they have to get another creator. I don't care about <laughs> rebounding or freaking Andre no. Drummond or no. any of these other people out there. We got to get another creator at Not some point. Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> Not TJ McConnell. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and talk about random free agent names. That Rashawn can, Holmes, sure, but <laughs> we could go all day on the whole like, what if we got this ex role player? But you know, we never want to ask the question if that role player actually wanted to come to Dallas. It's just you know, Dallas Mavericks are just sitting there saying, nope, 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 don't want you, don't want you, and, and of course we all know that you know, like because we know all the decisions that. That's everything you need to see from Exit Interviews. We'll be back tomorrow. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Yeah, this is my next goal, you know, qualify with Slovenia for the, for the Olympics. You know, uh, I'm going to be heading back to Slovenia and start practicing. So, no, no vacations. <laughs>